Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Lake effect snow. It can be crippling. It comes on like a hurricane sometimes. It's got the strong winds, even more powerful gusts, pounding precip, but it's all snow. So you can forget about visibility or any ability to get anywhere by any means. Hi, I'm Chris May, host of This Day in Weather History, a podcast from the Weather Network in Canada. And today's episode is accompanied by a podcast video short that you can watch on TV or online at theweathernetwork.com forward slash weather history. While you're online, you should check out the videos that you may have missed. Hey, they're only two minutes, so it's a truly easy binge. Right on, here we go. The blizzard that came in like a lion and went out, uh, having totally devoured its prey? It happened this day in weather history. The epic November lake effect event will be remembered as one of the most significant winter events in Buffalo's snowy history. And my goodness, Buffalo has a snowy history. First things first, there were two rounds. This did not happen all at once, so know that going in. It started on the 17th, this day in weather history, but kept up its pace off Lake Erie through the 21st. As of midday on the 18th, an unofficial snowfall measurement of 60 inches or just under 152 centimeters had already been recorded in the past 24 hours in Lackawanna, New York, just south of Buffalo. This resulted in the closing of all major highways and therefore resulting in thousands of stranded motorists. The sheer weight of the accumulated snow caused the collapsing of over 100 roofs and left a total of 14 people dead from storm-related injuries. Not only was the snowstorm historic in its own right, but it also provided the shock and awe of lightning. Local Buffalo news outlets reported at least seven strikes during the storm, so how does that even happen? Well, first of all, we must look at the dynamics of lake effect snow to get closer to that answer. Normally, in a winter snowstorm, the temperatures aloft and at the surface are cold, so snowflakes fall instead of rain. That's just a start. But this is still fall for more than a month still to go. And the lake temperatures are much milder than the winter cold surface temperatures overriding them. So in a thunderstorm, the updraft gust of mild moisture-soaked air gets drawn in really quickly, and this causes collisions between precipitation and cloud particles. It is these collisions which create the positive and negative charges that will or can eventually spark lightning. And when it happens, it is wicked cool because you don't normally expect to see that clash of weather events. So while that was happening, it was still only snow hammering down from above. Now, just covering the Western New York event, the maximum snowfall that was recorded in a 48-hour duration from the storm went to South Cheektowaga, where, off Lake Erie, they were buried under what was officially recorded to have been 65 inches. That's 165 centimeters of snow. A little quick math, and that's over 5 feet. 5 
feet of snow. Ain't nobody going anywhere in that kind of mess. Not even the NFL could buy their way out of this disaster. The National Football League's Buffalo Bills were forced to postpone their upcoming Sunday afternoon game against the AFC East rivals, the New York Jets, due to the event. They were not alone. The National Hockey League's Buffalo Sabres and the University of Buffalo's Buffalo Bulls also had to seek alternate dates and arrangements. The National Football League ordered the Buffalo Bills' Sunday, November 23rd game against the Jets to be played the following night and relocated to a neutral site. The site, eventually, would be Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan, home of the Lions of the NFC North. And to make this unusual story even crazier, tickets to that game were given away at no charge. Even better news for the Bills fans was that they went on to throttle the hapless Jets 38-3 in that bonus Monday night football game. Meanwhile, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo declared a state of emergency for several counties beginning on the 18th. Parts of the very heavily traveled I-90 freeway would not be opened again until the 22nd of November. That's now five days closed. And even when it did reopen, it was restricted to snow removal crews, emergency crews, and tow trucks going in to move the stranded and abandoned cars. During the storm, driving bans were issued and remained in effect past the 22nd. And as a result of this, gasoline shortages arose at various stations that were unable to be refueled. It was a total team effort to clean up from the storm that crippled western New York that hit without mercy on November 17th of 2014, this day in weather history. Tomorrow we are talking about the 1929 Grand Banks earthquake. That was also called the Laurentian Slope Earthquake and was also called the South Shore Disaster. Aside from all the window dressing and what it's called, it was an earthquake. And with it came a multi-wave tsunami that will all be brought to life so we can look back and recognize those lost and those who suffered in an event I bet most of us had no idea had ever happened. On this day in weather history with me, your host, Chris May.